I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, March 28, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So I have a semi-long laundry list of items to talk about today. Didn't seem like much went on. It seemed like the market was relatively quiet. There was some banter back and forth, but we do have some takeaways. We do have some other things developing across other markets, and we do have some intangibles that I want to reiterate. We've talked about them before, but I think they're important enough to bring them up again. We're going to take a real deep dive into a comparison of the IWM and the SPY. We're going to take a look at both. I'm going to tell you what I see, and we'll see if you see the same thing that I see. And then, of course, we're going to spend some time talking about 280.40. Before we do any of that, let me first thank everybody for participating, posting comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I love the banter back and forth. In addition, please hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. Let's recap the bigger picture, and then we'll work our way downward from there. So the bigger picture is... Technically speaking, the market is still in an uptrend on this daily chart, but we did have an interesting reversal candle last Friday. Tomorrow will be a week removed from that reversal candle, and you'll notice that what we've done is just build a bear flag pattern. Maybe you want to call it a bearish wedge pattern. Call it anything you want, but that's really all we've done and still remains the case until and unless... We close above the high of last Friday's number, then this is still a bearish wedge or bear flag pattern for now, any way you want to look at it. Now, that doesn't mean we can't go higher. So again, attached to the big picture are both sides of the equation. We're building a bear flag pattern. That's on the bearish side of the page. If you want to go to the bullish side of the page, you can say, well, markets like to test the highs of breakdown candles, and the lows of breakup candles. So why couldn't we test the high of this breakdown candle? And the answer is, we could. We're going to take a look at more of that when we go down to some of the other charts that we look at, and we're going to look at a series of charts. So we're going to continue discussing where the important areas are. What else do we have from the bigger picture perspective? Well, we have the end of the month. Tomorrow really is the end of the month because the actual last day falls on the weekend and then April Fool's Day is on Monday. Why is all this important? Well, we have the end of the quarter. This is the end of the month, but more importantly, the end of the quarter. We have bonus time. We have performance bonuses. Now remember, last quarter, the money managers really didn't get the bonus that they normally get. Why? Because the market got killed in the fourth quarter, and therefore, unless they were short the market, they didn't have any performance. So we've been talking about this for a while, and I suspect it's one of the reasons, the unwritten reasons, it's an intangible, I can't prove it for sure, it's just a theory that it's unlikely that the market would fall through the trap door before the end of the quarter. 
You also have some big money flows that occur on the first day of the month. Doesn't mean the market has to be up, but there is money flow the first day of the month. That's April Fool's Day. So we're coming into an end of the quarter. We're coming into a money flow day on Monday. We have a bear flag pattern, but markets like to test the highs of breakdown candles. So we take that information and we drill down a little bit further. And let's see what we have on other charts. We'll start with the hourly chart. And here you can see we're into a convergence of the 50 and 100 period moving average. What you'll also notice, and this is no accident or coincidence, but the 280.40 came into play again today. So we've seen this every single day. The market continues to trade in and around 280.40. This morning, we gapped above it. It failed, rallied back to it, and then the market at the end of the day decided to close above 280.40. Yesterday below, the day before above, today above. It's bantering back and forth. It's not going to stay here for very long. The market's winding up for a move. Is the move going to be to the upside or is the move going to be to the downside? Again, we have to separate the short and the long term. So from a short term perspective, we can go higher into the breakdown candle high, still maintain the bearish pattern, and over the longer term, the market can fall. Now, when you think about that for a second, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. What I'm doing is giving you an idea of what can happen and what it looks like when it does happen is it looks like the bears were wrong. They end up covering their shorts. They get squeezed out. The market runs up. And just at the point in which everybody hops onto the long side, they pull the rug out. And where does that happen to be most of the time? At an important area, in this case, it could be at an area like the breakdown candle high. Now, when we look at the hourly chart, where is that breakdown candle high? Well, there it is, 283.80. So think about that from where we are. From where we are, if the market, whether it was tomorrow or Monday, was up in the neighborhood of 283.80, maybe higher, maybe filling the gap, if, it's just an if, but if that took place, do you think the sentiment across the blogs, across CNBC, across all the punditry, do you think the sentiment would be bullish or bearish? Well, it's obvious. It's common sense. It would be bullish. Everybody would be calling for higher prices. That's what always happens. Just think about it. It's 30 S&P handles from where we are now, roughly, give or take. If the market was rising like that, it would likely be on some kind of a spark. What is the spark? Did we make a deal with China? I don't know. We seem to always make a deal with China, but they never have a deal. So that's getting old. At this point, that's probably more like a short-term spike and a sell-the-news type of event. We've been bantering back and forth about China in the media for too long. Doesn't really matter what the spark is or won't be. All we really need to know, and if we look at it from a daily chart perspective on the upside, that's our bogey. If we begin closing hourly and then daily above 283.80, then this is no longer valid. This bear flag pattern is off the table, and then we would be looking to higher prices into the hot zone or red zone in between 287 and 290. And by the way, at this point, it would be closer to 290 than 287 since we made an attempt 
and have already pulled back and have recocked the gun, if you will, just like we did over here in early March. So that's the way I see it. We'll take a detour for a second before we go to the other markets that we normally cover. And I do want to make a comparison between the IWM and the SPY on a series of different charts. But first, I want to take a look at a couple of stocks from inside the numbers. I'm not going to go over the whole thing, the morning commentary and then the stocks. You'll just take my word for it that these are the right numbers. A couple of them did hit their numbers today, but it's a real slow slog out there when there's not a lot of stocks moving early in the morning and we're getting into earnings season in the month of April. So once that begins, everything's going to change. There'll be plenty of stocks on the move. There'll be plenty of morning gap trades. Plenty of stuff will be going on. Right now, the morning opportunities are few and far between some days. This morning was one of those days. They were just few and far between. However, just to point something out, we'll take a look at two of the stocks that did hit their targets today. There were a total of six on the list. Two hit their targets, one missed by a nickel. But when they hit their targets, it was later in the day. But we'll take a look at the charts anyway. The first one we'll look at was National Grid, NGG, and unfortunately, it didn't hit early in the day. So you can see the stock closed all the way up above 58, 58.50 yesterday, and it was getting slammed down a little bit at the open, and for this stock, that's a decent decline. It's not a big, tremendous mover intraday, typically. So really what we wanted was in the first or second, third candle of the day, that would have been ideal for it to come into the 55.85 target that was found on inside the numbers early this morning. Unfortunately, it came in later in the day. Some traders aren't watching by that time or lose interest. It's not the same trade anyway. We're not looking for the same type of reaction later in the day that we would normally get in the morning when things are more hectic. Organized chaos is better for trading. But here's the point. I just want to display the fact that the numbers work. 55.85 was put on the board before the market opened, long before the market opened. And you can see how the market, or in this case, NGG, respected the 55.85. We came through it or spiked through it by just a couple of pennies. And you can see what happened after the fact. It's not a tremendous move off 55.85, but it wasn't a fast-moving market. So you get what you get and you don't get upset. Had it happened early in the morning, could have easily been a 50, 75 cent, even a dollar move. Later in the day, things are slower. The numbers work. That's the point. The other one was CIM, or Chimera, I believe, as it's called. And the number here was 1870. Again, it came in the second candle of the day, but you really didn't get the rally that we would have been looking for until late in the day. So technically it worked, but this one was really a dud for most of the day. Not saying it was a loser, it certainly wasn't. It just didn't really make a move till the end of the day. And then again, it really wasn't a tremendous move. So while the moves were smaller, the point that I want to make is the numbers work. You see what happens on other days. Yesterday, we had a couple of whoppers. All right, back in our lane. Let's look at the IWM, and then we're going to discuss both the IWM and the SPY. It's the same thing going on in the IWM. You have this breakdown candle, and you're making this bearish wedge pattern. That will normally result in another move lower. Now, if we close above 
on a daily chart, certainly beginning hourly above the high of the breakdown candle. That happens to be 154.55. If that happens, then all bets are off temporarily on the downside. It'll have also gotten above the 20-period moving average. So that'll infuse a little bit of health into the IWM. Keep the same thing in mind. It's a bearish pattern, but it doesn't have to go down right away. Markets really do like to go and test the highs of these breakdown candles. Doesn't always happen, but they like to do it. So keep in mind where that high is. So the actual high again was 154.55. Now when you look at the hourly chart, you want to envision where is 154.55? Well, here it is right at the top of that candle. But then there's a gap above it. So they would likely want to try and fill that gap. Call it 155 for argument's sake. Now if they're at 155, go back to the daily chart for a second. And let's pick a spot where 155 is. Now if they're already at 155, you can see here that now they're above the 20 period moving average. And if they close up there, all of a sudden they've done a repair job and are poised to potentially push higher. We don't know this is going to happen. I'm giving you the bull case. In order for any of that to happen, you have to get there first and you have to close above the breakdown candle high. I'm not saying that is going to happen. I'm saying watch out if it does, because if it does, there's likely higher prices coming. But you have to get there first. And if we did get there, make no mistake about it, it's unlikely that the market, in this case the IWM, will just whistle past 154.55. Under normal market conditions, garden variety, it's going to find overhead resistance at minimum at intraday at that number. How does that not happen? Gap above it, gap and go. Is that possible? Anything's possible. That's the way you eliminate the potential overhead resistance. Gap and go. In the SPY, 283.80, is the market capable of gapping above that area? It's capable. Is it likely? It's not likely, but just be aware of it. If you see something like that taking place, if you wake up in the morning, whether it's Friday or Monday, whenever it is, and the market is gapping above some of these numbers, you'll know what's going on. What's going on is they're headed for the hot zone. Doesn't have to be all in one bite, but that would be the likely scenario. What about the other side of the coin? What's really going on here in the IWM that's very similar or the same to the SPY? Well, that's what's going on. The question is, is it going to do this and fight to get above or is it not going to make it? That's the question right now. And frankly, we just don't have the answer yet. We haven't seen a wave of buyers come into the market. Even when the market sells a little bit, it's not with a tremendous bout of institutional selling. Let's compare and contrast a little bit. The daily chart of the IWM and the SPY look very close. Let's compare some other time frames. So we'll start with the 60 minute and we'll look at both. So here's the IWM. We're above the 20 period moving average. We're above the 50. That's at least, and I hate this term, but I have to use it here, some green shoots. What do we see when we look over at the spider chart? We see the convergence of the 50 period moving average and 100. We're above the 20, above the 200, but we have some overhead resistance we have to contend with. But this breakdown candle high nearby isn't that far away. So the number I'm looking at here is 
21. So if we got a gap up in the morning in the spider, it wouldn't take a tremendous gap higher to get the spider going in order to challenge first the 281.50. Remember, that's still an important area. We're still likely to find intraday resistance around that area, but they could also gap above there too. It's possible. They can also drop them at the open. But here's the thing. Bogey, 280.40. Above is bullish, below is bearish. You don't have to be in a position to be bullish, and you don't have to be in a position to be bearish. I'm just saying, that's the bogey. At least we have something, I have something, to hang my hat on, 280.40. I like the fact, if you're bullish, that they ran it up at the end of the day to close above 280.40, but they can gap it down below and play games like they've been doing each and every day. Yesterday I said, let the games begin. The games have begun. What if we stretch it out a little bit and get a clear picture of a two-hour chart, a 120-minute chart? Here's the SPY, and what we have here is coming up to overhead resistance where the 50-period moving average is. You'll notice 281.19. That sounds like a familiar number we just discussed, but this is bearish. And there's no other way to look at this other than bearish until and unless you close above the high of the breakdown candle. That high on this chart happens to be 281.76. I'm using 281.50 from a different reason. You can see we're in the ballpark. If we were gapping up there, for example, any day, not just tomorrow, if we were gapping up there and got above there and begin closing hourly above that area, then there is some writing on the wall that they're likely trying to run to the next likely resistance area. That's just simply the way the market works. And it works like that in both directions. Works like that on the downside. If we drop at the open, where are they going? They're headed to the next support area. When we look at the two-hour chart of the IWM, what do we see? Well, we're above a couple of moving averages, but you can see what's going on here. What it looks like is heading toward, at least toward, the high of the breakdown candle. Whether we get there is another story. But right here, somewhere in here, around 154, 154 and a half, 154, maybe we fill a gap. But as we continue to grind higher, that's what's going on. That's what my eye and my mind, quote unquote, dangerous place to be. That's what I'm focused on when I see this chart. I look at this and I say, it's bearish, but I know what they're trying to accomplish. That's one of the hard things about this business is being able to separate what you think might be happening over the longer term, but what might happen over the shorter term and actually take advantage of both. That's not easy to do, but it is one of the keys to this business. Two hour of the spider looks different, similar, just a different look, but similar. You can see that as long as we get above this range, that would be bullish until and unless that happens, meaning the top of this range, right around 281.50, 282. In order to get bullish, they have to break out of the top side of that range. Until and unless that happens, this is setting up to go lower, but they'll try to do it first. That's the separation of the short term versus the longer term. What about when we look at a 240-minute chart of the spider? It looks like a bear flag pattern. It looks similar to the daily chart with just more of the flag, not the pole, but the flag. 280.40 is the bogey. 
nothing has changed. Above it is slightly bullish. Below it is bearish. That's it. Same thing applies. While this normally is a bearish pattern, it's completely normal garden variety market behavior for them to try and test the high of the breakdown candle. Now, was this the only test they're going to make here? That occurred on the 26th, which was two days ago. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Tomorrow's Friday. Volume tends to be light on Friday. It's the end of the month. It's the end of the quarter. Will they just push the markets higher? Will we have a reason for a gap opening and then a gap and go pushing the market higher throughout the day on Friday? That's possible. We don't know that's going to happen. I have no idea whether that'll happen or not. I'm just saying that's a possibility and that could end up testing some of the highs of these breakdown candles or at least make an attempt in that direction. Conversely, This can just play out to the downside and markets can fall and we can be down 30 or 40 handles in the spider because that's generally what these patterns will produce on the downside. At least this one will. When you look at the 240 minute chart of the IWM, do you see anything different? No, it's off the same sheet of music. The short term, they look bullish. What are they doing? They're running toward a destination. In this case, if they continue higher, the destination is toward the high of the breakdown candle. Until and unless we close above the high of the breakdown candle, this is generally going to produce downward price movement in the southern direction. Down, a sell-off. What's doing over in the transportation department? So this is interesting. So we've had three up days in a row in the transports. Now we've recaptured the convergence of the 20 and the 50 period moving average. Now remember what we've been discussing. There's a couple of different things going on. So we have to be aware. We could have a bull flag pattern. That could be the case, okay? That's possible. Don't fall in love with that just yet, but that's possible. The other thing that could be going on is we could have a rally across the markets. The S&P can go up. The IWM can go up. The transports can go up. They can go up to here. They can go up to here. They can go up to wherever they want to. They can actually make a lower high from this high here, and that would be viewed as bearish activity. And if they fell away from making a lower high because the major markets were declining, then this will have been the canary in the coal mine that we've been discussing each and every day. We've talked about that before. We'll talk about that again. The same thing applies in the IWM. We can rally for a while, but at the same time, we're not in the same position as the S&P 500, for example, against the transports or against the IWM. So you have to take what are these leading market indicators. They don't have to lead every single day all day, every day. But over the bigger picture, they're leading indicators. The SMH is a leading indicator of the tech sector. The financials and energy are a leading indicator of the bigger picture of the S&P 500. They're tied to the economy. They may not tell you what's going to happen tomorrow by midday, but they're a leading indication of what the bigger picture is telling us. Just keep in mind, there's a lot of room here. There's a lot of white space in between current price and these recent highs that were made in February, remember, before the market topped out. So there's a lot of white space. We're talking about a high up in the neighborhood of 10,679, 10,673. So the white space I'm referring to is from where we are to those highs 
A lot can go on in there. We can still make a lower high and the market can fall away. The S&P 500 can be up 75 handles from where we are, and that's what can be going on in the transport. So just something to be aware of. I'm not suggesting it is or isn't. This is just one of those things. You have to file it away. It's not a puzzle piece. It's just something we file away in the back of our mind, and we watch out for if it does take place. This is part of the preparation. I do pre-market work every single day for what's going to happen that day in the market, but we also do pre-market work for what's coming later. I want to know what I'm looking at. I want to know the bigger picture. What does the weekly chart look like? What does the monthly chart look like? What do the daily charts look like? What it does is it helps you wave away some of the fog that occurs day in and day out. You know what the bigger picture is generally going to shape up to look like. The financials, again, a good leading indicator on the bigger picture. The S&P 500 isn't going to get very far without participation in the financials, but they've done some damage on this chart. So let's just say we had a rally. Everything was rallying across the board. Everything's rallying on Friday. Everything's rallying on Monday. Let's just say that's the case. I don't know if that's the case. Let's just say that's the case. The financials can get up into the convergence of the moving averages, the 20 and the 50, 26.15, maybe spike through it a little bit, 26 and a quarter, and it's still bearish on the bigger picture. So you have to just put this in perspective. If we have a rising market, that doesn't mean we're going to new highs right away. What that means is some of these markets can work off some of what is an oversold condition and they can still be bearish. You get back above the 200 period moving average on the financials. You get up to 26.75. You start challenging the high that was made just a couple of weeks ago. That's a different movie ticket altogether. Let's keep in mind. Keep talking about the upside. I got to give you both sides of the case here. What does this normally do? This is normally bearish. This normally produces a result like that. But that doesn't mean it has to come tomorrow. We're butting up against the 100-period moving average. Can we trade through that up to these moving averages? Yeah, we can. Does that change the lines I just drew? What normally happens out of this pattern, right? This, A is down, B is up, C is a completion below the low of the A leg. That's an ABC pattern that we normally look like this, right? We have an up move. A pullback is the B leg, and the C leg goes higher. Now we're looking at it flipped around the other way. That's certainly possible, but it doesn't mean we have to fall tomorrow. That's the difference between separating the short term and the long term. We can fall tomorrow, and you know if we begin to fall, and markets begin to fall across the board, you'll know the result of these bearish patterns, what's going on, where targets are, inside the numbers, members will have everything at their fingertips. And if we're rising, you'll know why, and you'll know where the bogeys are. That's the whole point. You need a roadmap. I'm trying to give you the roadmap. How about the SMH? We talked about this being a good proxy for the tech sector. Did we get any information from the SMH today? Not really. We're sitting on the 20-period moving average. Could it give way? Yeah, it could give way. And if it does, can we go all the way down to the 50-period moving average or even slightly lower? Their 200 is right below that. Big fat round number of 100 in the SMH. 
could we go down four or five dollars in the SMH if this 20 gives way? Yeah, we could. Doesn't have to happen in one bite, but we certainly can. That would be on the table if the 20 period moving average gave way. If we closed below today's low, that's on the table. Look over here, squirrel. We're looking at the bond market now, TLT. We talked about 127. Looks like they want to head to 127 or maybe even higher. I've got my bet on 127. I think that's where they're headed. I think they're going to find a world of resistance, a world of overhead resistance somewhere in the 127 camp. Maybe it's as high as 127.50, but I'm thinking they're not going to just whistle past the graveyard over and above 127. You hear the media talk about rates. You hear them talk about an inverted yield curve. We talked about that the other day. It's not necessary to rehash the inverted yield curve discussion, but here we are with the 30-year treasury bond yielding 2.81%. That's what they're in a frenzy about. Here's a weekly chart of yields. Looks like it's falling like a stone. It has been falling like a stone. Bonds have been rising. Yields have been falling. Should the media be into a frenzy or are they going to be into a frenzy and are yields going to bottom somewhere in this neighborhood? Let's take a different look at it. Let's look even at a different chart. Here's a monthly yield chart. Now, I look at it this way. This is the first thing I see when I bring up this chart. I see a big breakup candle. Maybe we're coming to test that. Maybe we're not. But any way you want to look at it, to me, that's a bull flag pattern. Until and unless we come below and close a month below that breakup candle, yields are going higher, and this is just a correction that will likely find some stability sometime sooner than later. We have a little bit lower to go in yields, a little bit higher to go in bonds, but I think they're coming into an area where we're finding support in yields, resistance in bonds. And that's where we're going to end it here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in, folks. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.